Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at evolving through the marriage of spirit and activism. During the last 20 or so years, there's been much time, effort, and study spent on spirituality and personal growth. Libraries and bookstores, both brick and mortar and online, continue to be filled with self-help books, with more being published daily. Yet, we're experiencing unprecedented economical, ecological, and cultural crisis. From oceans of plastic, air pollution, and deteriorating ozone layer, to climate change, melting ice caps, and the threat of nuclear war, our very existence is being threatened on a global scale. It would appear that sitting around meditating and contemplating our navels is not enough to solve the massive challenges we face. Quite frankly, we're rapidly running out of time. I don't know about you, but I'm open to suggestions on how to move forward. Hopefully our guest this hour can offer some viable options. With us is Terry Patton. Terry speaks and consults internationally as a community organizer, philosopher, and teacher. Over the last 15 years, he's devoted his efforts to the integral project of evolving consciousness through practice and facing, examining, and healing our global crisis through the marriage of spirit and activism. Pattern is also a social entrepreneur involved in supporting restorative redwood foresty, innovative new technological alternatives to fossil fuels, and creating new currencies for sustainable economy. Most re- recently, he's the author of A New Republic of the Heart, an ethos for revolutionaries. His website terrypatton.com. Terry, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thanks so much, Gwilda. Lovely to be here with you. Yeah, we should, we should have a lovely hour. So why don't you tell us about your background and how it led you to integral philosophy and evolutionary activism? Well, I had a kind of unusual uh, childhood. When I was six, my parents moved uh, to a from the south side of Chicago to a place just west of the city called the York Center Community Co-op. And it had been founded by members of the Church of the Brethren, one of the Christian peace churches, and they wanted to own their homes cooperatively with their neighbors. So it was about a 70-acre area. We had large lots, so it was only about 70 families, and uh, pe- a lot of people built their own homes. And what they ended up doing was inviting people of other races and religions to live together with them as a witness for peace and brotherhood way back in the 40s before the civil rights movement. So I was kind of raised in the civil rights and peace movement in the 50s and 60s and and mentored by my co-op aunts and uncles and and kind of grew up as an activist. So I was very early anti-war activist and civil rights activist and uh, led quite a, you know, founded some publications, led some demonstrations, especially after I got to college at the uh, University of Michigan. But but fairly early on, I began to realize that if we were to have a real meaningful social change, it had to be led from a deeper place inside of me and inside of my fellow activists, and that we were just too immature, too arrogant, too adolescent to create the better world we hoped to bring into being. And that began to lead me to the human potential movement. And by the time I was 22, I committed myself full time to spiritual practice. Uh, I moved into an ashram and I spent the first half of my adult life there from 22 to 37. So I was a very deeply involved uh, uh, full time uh, meditator practitioner for all that period of time. Mm. And uh, and so then what what took place, of course, was was that I began to realize that that profound level of inner work, which really had awakened my consciousness in a different way, still did need to circle around and integrate with the outer work that I'd been raised in. Uh, 
And uh, I, I did that at first by becoming a business person, doing a social entrepreneurship. Some of the projects cited there, I, I had a company that I built up and sold. I, you know, I became, you might say, a, a fully middle class. You know, I started my family, started a business, paid a mortgage. You know, kind of grew in the terms of just becoming a mature adult and capable of uh, making things happen in, in practical terms in the world. But of course, I was also watching what was happening in our world as a whole. And I was seeing what time it is on the planet. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, you know, we're facing, we're facing yeah. some pretty serious environmental, political and economic problems. Why are they presenting themselves at this particular time? Well, it, in a sense, we're, we're approaching what some people call a singularity. We're approaching what I call a tipping point. And it's, it's, it's a point at which the amount of our population, the amount of our consumption, the, uh, the ways that we've kind of come unmoored from our traditional ways of being are all crossing these critical thresholds at the same time. So no matter what area of human life you look at, we're in crisis everywhere. I think the ecological crisis may be most fundamental because it's the thing that's hardest to really get around. We need our life support systems. But whether you're looking at culture, just the relationships between men and women in the workplace. I mean, everything is the old ways of being are now obsolete and new ways of being that work for everyone just haven't evolved enough to, to come into place. And, and this confers a whole different opportunity and responsibility on each of us personally. And that's what I'd really hope we can talk about. Well, you know, it, it would appear the old spiritual adage, adage of rising above our problems rather than feeding them within the environment is not working overly well. Um, what do you think, what's wrong with this application and how can we approach the problems at hand? Well, we need to begin to have a really honest conversation with each other. Right now, we're members of a global village and our village is imperiled. It's sliding into the sea. And most of us are busy fighting with each other about all kinds of things that divide us. We're not even able to agree about some of these threats that, that we all face. Many of us are blaming each other for it. And while we're squabbling, our whole village is sliding. And there's a, little, there's a different level of depth and honesty and humility and emotional availability, vulnerability that is necessary for us to have an authentic conversation. This isn't just some technical thing that we can talk about as if we're disembodied intellects, engineers, mathematicians, just calculating something abstract. This is everything we love. This is our future. This is our grandkids. This is the grandkids of everyone we, we know and love. This is every creature. These are the grandkids of our dogs and cats and every other creature we might care about. So nothing could have more moral force, but as a collective, we're sleepwalking. We're all in a collective trance. And breaking through that trance and having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation is absolutely imperative right now. Where do you think the trance is being uh, propagated from? Well, it's a habit pattern. Uh, this is a term, the collective trance, that was developed by a, a neuroscientist named Charles Tart in the late 60s. He studied the dynamics of socialization of children and realize that they mirror very, very closely the induction of a hypnotic trance. And he was really talking about how our collective perception of reality is one version of reality and not always true. To some degree, our neurology has uh, mapped what is around us in ways that were completely terrific for when we were hunter-gatherers or even living in villages and even earlier cities. But right now we're in an accelerando of rapid complexification and change, and our neurology can't keep up. And therefore, we're, the gaps between our picture of reality and what is really happening have widened so much that we're, we're, we're pretty much also in a crisis over what, what is truth. You know, all this talk about fake news and uh, everybody's doubting of journalism and science and, 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 and the, the, the compete, competition of narratives and everybody looking at, well, what kind of narrative spin are you trying to put on this? What kind of narrative spin are you putting on this? This, this disputing of 
uh, of what reality is and what our versions of reality. It's it's the beginning of a public awareness of the fact that our narratives are at a gap with what is objective. And and actually, that humility is is if we take that to heart, we become a little bit humble, and then we might be able to begin to talk with each other. Wow, this world is so vast, so complex. I, we're, 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 we're speeding for a collective annihilation, but we don't have to do that. How can we become friends in a different way? There's a different level of conversation possible, and that's what I'm interested to explore. Well, we have to come out of denial to a certain extent first, don't we? Yes, we certainly do. And if we face the realities of our climate and other natural sciences, we face something pretty pretty horrific the speed with which we may see huge portions of our earth become pretty much uninhabitable for human beings and many other creatures is 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 really terrifying and and yet you know 90% of us are in total denial the 10% or so and, and I'm I'm just using those as very rough figures i mean the, so the smaller percentage of people that are willing to face just how serious this situation is. The vast majority of them are convinced that we're just going to hell in a handbasket and we're headed for human extinction or Doom and gloom. You know, we're going to have to pick up on this very interesting discussion on the other side of a commercial break. Terry and I will return shortly to look for options, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org.
welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Uyeka, and our special guest this hour is Terry Patton. His website, terrypatton.com. Terry, we were talking about the percentage of the people on the planet at this point that are in denial, and we just arbitrary figures at about 90, and then 10% are not in denial, but how many of them are in such total despair? So doesn't the total despair actually feed the, the status quo rather than offer solutions? Well, that's right. That was what I was about to begin to talk about, is that it's only when we recognize that, yes, in many ways, there are tremendous tendencies toward everything to fall apart. And we could be among the last generations to be able to live the kind of human life that we're enjoying. And yet, the future is emergent. Emergent means that we are creating it, all of us, in different ways right now. It is the collective actions of billions of human beings that will determine the future of life for every species on this planet. And right now, that future of human evolution can be shifted by our ways of being human. The, the, the responses of human beings as a collective are, are not determined in any one place. It's not like the president or the secretary general of the UN or the super wealthy billionaires control the totality of anything. Humanity is, is a big, unruly mass of behaviors, and that means that every one of us has some effect, and that therefore the responsibility for the future lies with each of us. Now that can seem like a heavy burden, like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, but if you understand it right, I think you arrive at a different place. Ever since the very beginning of life on Earth. It's been a life or death struggle for every organism. And the fact that we are now in a different moment in which it's a collective life and death struggle and that each of us has an opportunity to begin to be the change that would turn this around if it can be turned around, it, 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 it can awaken us to a kind of enlivened and exciting and ultimately really joyous and meaningful and fulfilling way of living. But we do have to get past our comfortable denial, and there is a dark night of the soul as we reckon with the fact that we may be, I mean, it is the middle class lifestyles of people all over the earth that are creating the consumption patterns that are destroying our host planet. We're, we're, we're in a, a critical moment in which we're all in denial of that as, as a culture, and every one of us, heck, we're a social creatures, so we can't help but partake of the larger social denial. You'll think about this in one moment. In another moment, you'll be thinking about what's on TV, what's happening with my sports team, what's what's happening with the latest, you know, the, 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 the middle-class amusements that are part of our lives. And it doesn't make us wrong or evil, the fact that we operate that way, but that's part of how we're in this trance. And so it, waking... looks to me like, it looks to me like we're working with a catch-22. Um, either we go into despair, which feeds the situation, or we go into denial and go back into our old way of being based on the common denominator belief systems, or we have to wield the power of creating a new reality and rethinking, reframing the way we view reality in order to create change that can't even be seen at this time. Well, in a sense, it's a catch-22. What it is, it's an evolutionary driver. The kind of human beings that we are right now can't make it into this future. We're actually, every one of us is being called to a rapid period of personal growth and transformation. What's necessary for us to really meet this catastrophe that seems to be in the making is what's called whole systems change. That means psychological and spiritual growth on the part of every individual. It means growth in our levels of honesty, intimacy, and friendship in our personal relationships and in our families. It means transformations up and down the line. And that transformation is pretty much inevitable. It may come after awful disasters that shock us. It may come before. In any case, what we are doing right now won't continue and can't continue. 
There are a variety of reasons for this. Part of it has to do with the self-accelerating pace of life, which is driving most of us nuts. But, but part, of it, part of it has to do simply with the fact that we have within us the potential to be much more conscious, much more loving. Our capacity to be friends, to actually be in it with each other, for each other, is one of the, the diamonds on the soles of our shoes, one of the potentials that could be ra radically transformative that we tend to overlook. So I'm actually quite inspired by all this, despite the fact that it does require us to face some pretty horrific realities. Well, our current realities definitely outlive the shelf life. Look what it's created, right? Well, that's true. And yet, if you ask 100 people what, what exactly is going on, you're going to get 100 different answers. And every one of those answers is going to hold a piece of the truth. The fact of the matter is the complexity of the dynamics at work have every one of us tending to point fingers at others, tending to be more angry, judgmental, more uh, resentful of, you know, like we, we tend to want to find a villain. We tend to want to look elsewhere at the point of responsibility, but we're going to have to do a radical turnaround and recognize that it's your and my personal responsibility and our responsibility together to find a different way of being, to become connected with one another in a way that's curious, where we're inquiring together into how to be the kind of people who could turn this important corner in human evolution. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, when we think of activism, you know, as it, it, it tends to conjure visions of polarized reactionary behavior designed to project our angst onto the world around us. How does the revolutionary activism, activism differ? Well, first of all, you know, it's not negative. There is a connotation to the word activism that has a kind of negativity in it. Mm -hmm. I use the word in my book because it contrasts with being just inward, with the inner work that's only about my consciousness, my awakening, my self-actualization, and begins to recognize that right now the important challenge, you know, the, in Zen Buddhism, the one of the practices is to be given an impossible question. Uh, they call it a koan. And, and it's a question like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? How does the mind answer that? Well, in a way, how do we be the kind of human beings who can navigate this turbulent period ahead in a way that brings more coherence, integrity, wholeness, and health to our human collective? That's an impossible question too. But we can't answer that as individuals. We can only answer that together. And if we're going to really take seriously that our lives depend on answering that question together, maybe we can begin to drop our games and personas and inauthentic poses and become friends at a whole different level. And yet we're standing in a society where you can walk down the street and get run over by somebody looking at their cell phone. People sit in restaurants and never speak to one another. The isolation has never been more horrific. How can we turn that around? Well, the fact of the matter is, there is no way that one individual or any group of individuals are going to instantly turn around every negative trend. We're going to be surfing real whitewater for quite some time ahead. But every one of us can turn that around. All you have to do is look up from your cell phone. All you have to do is put it on airplane mode. All you have to do is actually make eye contact with another person and begin to recognize just how profoundly serious it is that we find our way into authentic contact with ourselves and with each other at a whole new level. It's that contact that's going to create the organism that we as a collective can be for the future, is it not? It, it's one of the absolutely essential ingredients. That's right. You know, systems tend to fall apart when they no longer serve. Is that what we're experiencing as our way of life is seemingly unraveling around us? Yes, our, our systems are obsolete. We're at a new stage of the evolution of human culture. And every stage transition is a revolutionary time in the history of evolution. Some uh, biological uh, evolutionary biologists have, have, have identified a term they called punctuated equilibrium to describe the 
evolution of life on Earth. It means that the fossil record seems pretty stable for maybe millions of years, and then suddenly there's a very short period of time, maybe just hundreds of thousands of years, and there's a radical change, and all kinds of different species and different ecologies are uh, appearing, very, very different. Well, we're in a time of that kind of rapid change. That kind of rapid change you can't plan for. There are too many entirely chaotic events, but you can become the kind of people with the kind of relationships and the kind of humility and humanity that can surf that kind of whitewater, that kind of radical change. And that's kind of what we're called for, but we're called to find our way into that as friends together. And so there's an evolution of human friendship that's at the core of what I want to talk about and what I want to enact. And, and, and part of how we become better friends is to recognize, oh my God, my whole life depends on my answering a question that I can't answer except with you. Let's, let's pay attention to this together. So there's a, a shared inquiry, a curiosity, a being more interested in what we don't know than what we do know, a recognition that we are going to be transformed in the process of answering these questions and that our friendships and our relationships with each other are going to be transformed too. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time for us to take a short pause. Terry and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. It's just getting interesting. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, 
they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing leading-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Terry Patton. His website, terrypatton.com. Terry, we, we were talking about how, how friendship and shared inquiry um, are so important in our next step here as we evolve from one system to the other. Doesn't shared inquiry uh, involve letting go of our old stances enough to embrace curiosity? It certainly does. It requires, I mean, the kind of shared inquiry that we're talking about is going to be part of only one aspect of the process of all of us recognizing, oh my God, this is, this is our opportunity. This is what we were born for. We somehow consented to be alive in this moment. And in this moment, we're raised into a certain way of being human that just isn't adequate to the survival pressures of the next period of time. So we're all being asked to become a different kind of person, a more conscious, more capable, more intelligent, more awakened, but also more compassionate, more, more heart intelligent, but, but also more tough and, and, and will, you know, capable of exercising will, but especially more capable of a different level of cooperation, a kind of altruism with our friends that allows groups of us who are practicing becoming a different kind of human to outcompete the old paradigm of being human. So we're in a revolutionary time. And when you begin to recognize that this kind of delivers you a draft notice or a it's a little like an intervention, like, okay, we're all addicts and we have to go into recovery, or in some sense, we're entering the monastery. It is a punctuation point. We have to take that two by four across the forehead and, and, and wake up and recognize that we're in a, a new moment of life. But then the opportunity is a much more meaningful, much more satisfying, and much more creative and consequential life. Mm. You know, you say fundamental change is the most is most possible in times of great peril. How does that apply right now? Well, <laughs> we're 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 in a situation that scares us, but it's also a situation that ought to inspire us because it's in the windows of opportunity that are created by the kind of disruptions that seem pretty inevitable that we're willing to consider much more fundamental changes, like way back, right before the election of 2008, when we had our liquidity crisis and financial meltdown, you know, Hank Paulson and Ben Bernanke could have nationalized the big banks in the United States. They could have done things that otherwise would be utterly, utterly unthinkable. What was off the table was suddenly on the table because in crisis, you can think more fundamentally. Well, we're going to have crises ahead. They're going to be extreme weather events. They're going to be financial shocks. They're going to be flows of refugees as big chunks of the earth that were previously reasonably inhabitable cease to be. And as that hits us, we're going to be able to think outside the box and make changes that are more fundamental. So big systems changes can be made. But the problem is, in the midst of this, we're tending to lose our connections with one another, the social fabric is unraveling. So reaching out in a human way to other people, those that are close to you, but also those you disagree with, is one of the most healthily subversive things you can do. To, 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 right now, we need to be subversive. We need to be to subvert the incoherence, to subvert the uh, uh, unconscious march into fragmentation that seems to be our collective bad dream. We want to subvert that by being a presence of health and wholeness and love and intelligence and dignity and mutual respect and curiosity and aliveness because life wants to keep living. And that urge in you 
to be a part of something that's a benefit to something greater than yourself, that's the very health of life itself under the crisis conditions of an evolutionary transition. How do we lose touch with that calling? Well, it, it tends to be that we always are losing touch. That, that, that there's, there's a constant dynamic between a kind of contraction in which we go on automatic and go unconscious and another side of us that wants to wake up and to see what the heck is going on. And that's alive in every one of us can observe that in ourselves. We've seen ourselves go on automatic. We've seen ourselves begin to be stirred from that kind of trance or somnolence. It happens again and again. Well, this is a, a deep dynamic in human culture. Sometimes you have these periods of time in which there's a sense of possibility and newness and a lot of people wake up together. It's a time of, some people have called it genius, kind of bringing together the word scene with the word genius, a scene of genius. And we've had some of that recently in, at Silicon, in Silicon Valley. We've seen it at the, well, back in the 60s, the foundation of the human potential movement, there was a kind of genius. We're in a moment in which another kind of genius, a revolutionary genius, in which awakening and social responsibility and being change agents are coming together. And we're realizing that the next stage of our personal path of personal growth makes us change agents in a different sense. Not negative activists, just disgruntled, but activists of the heart of a whole different kind. That's why I've called this book A New Republic of the Heart. It's essentially like when, in Cuba, when uh, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara were just starting out, they declared the free state of Cuba. Well, in some sense, we are all, those of us who are really gonna be part of the health of this human collective reasserting itself amidst this crisis of fragmentation, we're taking up our residence in a new republic of the heart. You know, if, if we are standing in heart, that lets us disagree in a creative way. And one thing that we, I think we need right now is to bring polarized opposite ideas together to come up with a third option. How can we best do that? Well, we have a... a culture of conversation right now in which very often people don't really listen to one another. We don't take in what the other person is saying in a way that allows it to change us. It's a revelation to have a conversation where people have the agreement, the deep agreement, that they're they're not just going to recite the things they already know. They might have a, a preliminary period of conversation in which they can establish some shared agreements. But once those are in place, once we've said the things we already know that are necessary for us to have a, a shared reality and, and, and shared questions so that we can do a shared inquiry, then we really can be intelligent and creative and have a conversation for possibility in which what none of us know, the questions that nobody in humanity has adequate answers to, have a chance to be beckoned forth out of the ethers. And that requires us to bring our very best, excited, alive, spontaneous qualities of mind and spirit forward and to listen to one another in a way that allows a collective intelligence to take place in which you spark me and I spark you and somebody else sparks both of us. And pretty soon there's an intelligence that's not really yours or mine or anyone's that's bigger than any individual intelligence that begins to draw us into an, the kinds of responses that this crisis is requiring. So it looks like we need to revamp human interaction. And, you know, the indigenous peoples used to go like this. They'd, go, they'd sit in council, and everybody would present their piece, and then the elders would contemplate it and come up with a third option. And we've lost that. We, we don't have community anymore. We don't share ideas and thoughts. How can we move back there? Well, it's, it's a matter of accepting the fact that all of this change, yes, there, there's always stupidity and brutality and you know functional evil in play with all the goodness and creativity and innovation of of of, of humanity but we're we're not i don't like to interpret things like we went wrong and now we have to go back to when we had it right 
in, in some sense, what we had right at an earlier stage of our evolution as human beings, however beautiful and profound it is, and however much we can learn from it, however much reverence we ought to bring to it, what's next for us is new. We're going to have to bring those eternal principles to bear in under absolutely new conditions. So it's not a return to anything in the past. It's a matter of being alive innovators who are creating a, 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 the future forms of being human, which draw on the past, but which are absolutely new in their next moment. I'm glad you said draws on the past because, you know, Derek's equation, which is mathematically consistent, demonstrates that cause is located in both the past and the future and propagate towards the present. So we really have to incorporate both to create something new or different in the present, don't we? Yeah. Well, we... The... the <laughs> The funny thing about it is, being is whole. There, you know, in, in some sense, there's paradox to all this. Part of the crisis, the crisis, the crisis. But when we wake up, we wake up to an undifferentiated wholeness and oneness and wonder and divinity that is just unbroken. That could never be a problem. How could wholeness itself be in crisis. Wholeness is perfect and good and true and beautiful and loving and free and joyous. How could anything be in crisis whose nature is all that? And yet paradoxically it is. And the spirit of that joy that comes in our spiritual awakening is absolutely necessary. I, I often use the phrase, things are far too serious for us to lose our sense of humor. And Boy, isn't that the truth? Yes. It, it, in other words, if we go to that place of, of going to the doom and gloom, we can let our expectation of grand outcomes become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We can bring about the thing we don't want to see simply exactly. by believing that we can't get away from it. Well, we're going to have to take another pause and pick up on the other side of this break. Terry and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? 
a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event. The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Terry Patton. His website, terrypatton.com. You know, Terry, we're kind of going full circle here in that. Um, we are coming to a time that's actually been prophesized by many, many, many cultures of leaving polarization and moving into unity. And it's going to take an entirely different operating system. And I love what you were saying about how we need to become interconnected again, or interconnected period, in order to become an organism, in order to uh, design an operating system for the times to come. What do you have to say on that one? Well, this matter of becoming an organism begins very humbly. You know, it's hard to create real community. It's hard to get along with your own spouse. It's hard to get along with your kids, your parents, your family. You know, we there's a, <laughs> a comedian once said, you know, I love humanity, but people, oy vey. <laughs> and and this, is, this is really what we bump into. So what it is to become a different kind of human relationship requires us to be practitioners. A practitioner, in, in the sense that I'm speaking of it, is not just somebody who goes and meditates or does yoga or somebody who even goes into therapy or somebody who works out or some, you know, all those things are practices. They're good practices. But What's, what's really at the core of things is a sense of curiosity and a willingness to become a, a fresher, more alive version of yourself in every new moment. To recognize that because all the little neural circuits in your being are being reinforced, you're, you're always creating habits. You're always practicing something. You might be practicing anxiety or depression or you might be practicing resentment or you might be practicing a, a kind of freshness and a willingness to learn and an you know you practicing what's best in yourself well if you can have others who understand something about that and are willing to make every time they interact with you an opportunity for them to practice being their best so that we are practicing the we is becoming our best so that there's a practice, not just at the level of the individual, but at the collective. And we're dropping into something in which a new kind of shared consciousness is becoming more and more awake and reasserting, but not just reasserting, exploring new ways of being human. Then we become communities of practice that are pioneering new ways of being human. That's the kind of work that I teach my own students and the kind of work I, I'm interested to bridge into the world. And I talk about that pretty extensively in my book, A New Republic of the Heart. Big portions of it go into the depth of, of this wholeness in crisis and ways of understanding, of thinking from the whole to the parts. But other parts of it go into the real challenging and curious paradoxical nuances of what it is to really be the change, to be the change individually and together. And that is where this is probably the most exciting time to be alive. Somehow your soul said yes to being born in this time, in this place. This is our time. The, the German word for contemporaries is Zeitgenossen. It means time comrades. We are comrades in being here in this crazy time. And in this crazy time, instead of just being afraid, instead of just being confused, we can be inspired to become the kind of human beings that this crisis is requiring. 
And, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You can suffer some pain. You can die. You can lose loved ones. And you know what? That's going to happen under the best or the worst of conditions. We don't have to be afraid. We can meet this crisis with a sense of the, just the way that uh, great heroes of history met crises and showed up as heroes under conditions of war or national natural disasters. We can rise to this crisis in a different way. And how privileged we are that we do it under conditions of, of such comparative safety and comfort, at least in the United States. Let's find a way to be a different kind of person in the midst of this and recognize our social responsibilities. This is a time in which it does require even very practical political activism. There's an election ahead. It's important that we vote. It's important that we engage. It's important that we help bring more coherence, more connection into the political world too. But from the place of what's best in us, as people who are growing, as people who are reasserting a kind of wholeness and who are creating authentic, vulnerable human bonds with one another. You know, I like to always go back to nature when I'm trying to understand something. And as you're speaking to me, I get the vision of how everything grows or changes in a series of expansion and contraction, breath in, breath out. And it sounds like the inner work that you speak of that we have to do personally needs to be a breath in, and then we have to bring that out into the world in the next, in, in the exhale. And it has to be a continual cycle in and out in order to create the wholeness that we're looking for between us. Is this how you're seeing it? I definitely see it that way, Gwilda. Thank you. And, you know, that reminds me of another one of the central metaphors of my book. I talk in the book about the mycelium. Mycelium is the root systems of, of fungal forms and the root systems of mushrooms in a forest. Uh, the mycelium can extend for miles and miles and miles. A single mushroom organism can sprout tens or hundreds of thousands of mushrooms across a whole region of the forest. And the great thing about mycelium is that it can just rest there in the soil when the conditions aren't right for years without any mushrooms blooming. And then when the conditions are right, boom, there are mushrooms everywhere. Well, there's a lot that's right about our relations with each other. We give the most accurate directions we can to strangers. We there's a certain fundamental goodness in 98, 99% of us. You know, there are some psychopaths, but the vast majority of human beings and the vast majority of human relations are so profoundly good that the that there's already a social mycelium in the ground. And when the conditions are right, what's best in us can bloom. And I think that metaphor... Uh, is, is a beautiful thing to bring in here toward the end of the time that we have together. It is, because I really personally have absolute faith in humanity. Um, I know that, you know, we've all had our bumps and bruises and things we say or do to each other trigger each other into our past, and sometimes it's hard to see beyond all that. How can we see beyond all that into the truth of who we are and who others are? Well, you, you have to recognize that your own divinity is an expression of something universal. I think almost every one of us has had some moment when we looked at uh, the course of a bird in, through the sky or the way the wind was moving a tree or some aspect of the natural world, and we've known that we were the divinity of all things beholding the divinity of all things. And when we look at one another, if we can see that there's a divine humanity shining from the eyes of every person, even the person who seems most twisted in hate, there's a fundamental divinity in every one. If we can find our way to the depth of our own consciousness, we're going to look upon others with those kinds of golden, blessing eyes. And that in itself is a transformative act. So it's like, again, breath in, breath out. Breathe in, look at your own divinity, breathe out, recognize it in other. Well, yeah, but when you say it, 
that way, it's like it's a neat formula. And of course, it's a creative act in every moment. It's not, there are no formulas by which this can be done. We, we have to actually make the discovery as if for the first time every time we do it, because God is amazing. I mean, if, to, to feel the divinity of oneself or, or another person, every hair on your body should stand on end in a, at astonishment. It's, it's not just some formula. It's a, you know, it's a mind blower. So that falling in love, that, that's an authentic thing that has to genuinely happen. Mm, very beautiful. And that brings us right back to heart, doesn't it? Well, that's, that's my central principle is that it is, you know, that I worked for years with the, the Institute of Heart Math. I helped them develop their first heart rate variability monitor. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm very, very familiar with them. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and they talk about the heart as a center of intelligence in the human system. There's a whole field, neurocardiology. Well, there's another field, neuroenterology, that has to do with the brain and the gut. And that has to do with the kind of intelligence that will and understanding power relationships and, and, and making stuff happen, street savvy. Now, those three brains represent different kinds of intelligence, and they all need to be integrated. We need all our very best human intelligence of every kind. And there's neurons in every part of the body, down to your feet, out to your hands. The, the whole body is intelligence. And that, that intelligence of the whole body is centrally intuited and integrated at the heart. The heart is the center of that integrated intelligence of the whole human system. And we need all the data, all the information, all the intuitive information, all the visceral information, all the cognitive abstract information, all of, all of our ability to integrate it is necessary. And that means not well, being just focused at the head level. We have speaking, to come to the heart. Speaking of running out of time, I'm afraid we're out of it. Terry, thanks so much for coming on the show and for bringing your beautiful heart. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been Terry Pattern, the author of A New Republic of the Heart and Ethos for Revolutionaries. His website, terrypatton.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiyaka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? 
Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.